Hello and welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to help you permanently end disordered eating, binge eating, food addiction, emotional eating, by creating a healthy and peaceful relationship with food. We are sharing simple and sustainable strategies to help you do exactly that. Please subscribe and follow and say hello. And if you haven't yet joined my email list, that's where I send out my highly detailed writings to help you implement all this even better. I invite you to join my email list now at katiepapo.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. I just want to make sure my microphone is working because I did something just now. Mm, testing. Let's see. Test, test, test. Yes, this should work, right? Uh, okay, got it. All right. Just let me know in the comments, by the way. I see a few of you are here already. Just let me know in the comments if you can hear me. And I will start by saying hello, hello. So welcome to another podcast episode, season two, episode two now. And what I want to do today, and I'm just making sure, yes, can you guys hear me? Let me know in the comments. Just write, I can hear you. Give me a thumbs up, something so I know that I'm not just talking into the air. Um, okay, so what I want to do today, I'm going to pull up my notes. We're covering an important topic called why trying not to binge makes you binge more. Now, this is a huge, um, thank you, Dana. This is a huge, huge uh, thing to cover today because really this is one of the biggest frustrations I hear from a lot of you is I try so hard and I have tried so many things and yet I still feel like I'm failing. And not only that, but the more I try, <laughs> the more I binge and the worse it seems to get. So what's the problem? Is it that I don't have enough willpower? Is it that I, I'm just not motivated? Because I know I don't want to binge. I know that this is bad for me. I know that this is a completely self-destructive road. But even knowing all that intellectually, as soon as that urge comes, it's like all of that's out the window. Even if I know it, I don't care. And I binge anyway. And this is an incredibly frustrating phenomenon, isn't it? I struggled with this for many years myself. And I found myself becoming maddened because if I looked at other areas of my life, I could see I have willpower. I have discipline, right? I show up in my work, right? I show up, I'm accountable for others. Why can't I be accountable for myself? I have control in all these other areas. Why can't I control something as simple as food, right? Shouldn't this be a simple thing? So um, if you can relate to that, let me know in the comments. Hey, Lori, so great to see you. Um, so let me know if you can relate to this because this is the topic that I want to cover today. And I, what I what I thought we would do is look at the biggest two reasons why trying not to binge makes you binge more. Because once you understand these two reasons, you'll be able to stop fueling binges because that's what's actually happening. And I see this um, 
I see this all the time with my clients when they first come to me. They say, I've tried this. I've tried this. I feel like I've tried everything under the sun. And yet, you know, decades later, here I am still binging. It's only getting harder. It's only going worse. I used to be able to go months without binging, and now I can barely go a day. So if you find found that that's the pattern for you too, let me know in the comments because this is what tends to happen when we're going on this path, which is what I'm going to cover today, is that even if in the past you were able to go some length of time without binging, as you kind of get older and, and keep struggling with food, you find that those periods become shorter and shorter in between until it's like, I can't even make it a day anymore. Um, and that's the point that I got to as well. So if you're like that and that's what you're experiencing now, know that you're not alone. There absolutely is a way out. And we're going to start talking about that right now. Um, and I did want to address a very common, you know, what I see. Yes, good. I'm glad you can relate. So, so this is a this is a very common uh, piece of advice that I see out in the world. From um, I actually even saw this recently from someone who's very well known in um, in the binge eating world and uh, teaches people to stop binging and and a lot of this this. Uh, the principles that are taught here I find hugely problematic that for that cause people to binge more. And the, the theory is basically this. And this is what the this person said. I won't name names, but this is what this well-known person said. She said, if the problem is that you're dealing with urges, right? So what you need to do is stop giving in to the urges. Because and a lot of a lot of people hold the school of thought, right? It's not just one person. This is, I would say, very common conventional wisdom. If you stop giving in to the binge urges, then eventually they'll just start to naturally go away, right? Because you're not giving in to them. So the less you give in to them, right, the less and less they come up. Now, when I first heard this advice, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> All I need to do is just not binge and that will help me not binge <laughs> really is it that simple like if this worked right none of us would be binging right maybe this works for some people sure i i everyone's different fine but if the answer to not binge was to simply not binge and not give into it i think most of us would have succeeded by now no because this is what we've all been trying like, oh, a binge urge comes up, I'm going to try to not give into it. So, so this is not only a pattern that a lot of us struggle with, but the, the advice that's out there in the world is often not helpful. And in, in this case, I'm going to show you why advice like this can actually be harmful. So, so let's, let's circle back to this question. Why does, because we need to have the understanding, why does trying not to binge make you binge more? Why is that? Why is it that it keeps getting worse over time like this and harder to, to, to not give in? So I'm going to go over two reasons today. Now, the first reason many of you have heard me say before, but I'm going to go deeper into it today. The first reason is the more you restrict, the more you actively fuel binges, okay? It works in that loop. If you guys uh, joined my, I did a free training back in March um, on ending binge eating permanently, my whole first class was about this phenomena, okay? So 
it starts with a restriction, right? I don't want to eat, let's say, these cookies, right? So then because I can't have it, I'm thinking about it. I can't have these cookies. I can't have these cookies. I want these cookies. I want these cookies. We get to the point where now, all right, I can't take it anymore. I'm giving in. I'm eating the cookies. There's the binge. Then after the binge, we feel so bad. Like, oh, I can't believe I did that again. I know this is bad for me. Why do I keep doing this to myself? Why do I keep beating myself? What is wrong with me? Sound like a familiar pattern? This is the pattern I was in. Then what do we do? As a natural result of that, we're like, all right, well, starting tomorrow, no cookies. Clearly, I cannot be trusted. So now we're looped back up to that restriction of I can't have this. Okay. And we've seen it in the data too. We've seen that if you look at the, the, weight, the um, weight loss data in terms of dieting, 80 to 95% of people who chronically diet gain the weight back. And a huge percentage of that also gain the weight back plus more. Okay, that's a huge percentage that the data is showing us that continues to reinforce this notion that the more we restrict and the more we feel scarcity around food, the more the mind naturally rebels against that and the more we binge. Does that make sense? Does that follow? So, so the, the, the problem with this is that what we're really doing is we have this fire right? We have this fire. Let's call I'm using an analogy, by the way. So let's call the binges like a fire, right? By trying to restrict, we're not pouring water on the fire. We're pouring gasoline on the fire. And the problem is that's what everyone's telling us to do. Pour more gasoline, pour more gasoline. The fire will go out. You just need to pour more. You just need to try harder. Just keep pouring and eventually it'll go out. But we, what we see is that the fire is just growing bigger and bigger and bigger until now this fire is not only consuming us, right? It's consuming the mind, right? Because now all we can think about is food. All we can think about is trying to avoid food. All we can think about is, oh, well, I'm going to this event later. I really hope this food isn't there. Maybe I should eat before, or maybe I should see if there's a menu, or maybe I should see what's on my plan. And suddenly... We're wrapped up in this world where all we can think about is food or our weight. Does this make sense? Not only that, it starts to consume us physically, right? Because the more we're restricting, the more we're binging, the more we're actively breaking down, destroying our bodies. Our bodies are not, you know, permanent entities. They can only take so much, right? And we need to live here for the rest of our lives. And the more we're swinging ourselves back and forth in these pendulums from restricting to binging to restricting to binging, what a toll that takes on the organs, on the heart, on the metabolism, right? This is a major all-consuming problem that the more gasoline we pour on it, the, the greater the fire grows. I know a lot of the people who I'm talking to are saying not only is this only affecting me now, it's not only affecting my body and my mind, but now it's starting to come into my relationships because my, let's say, husband can't take it anymore with me talking about all this stuff. Or I'm yelling at him when I'm bringing this food into the house just because he wants to have it. He can't eat what he wants anymore because I can't handle it. Or 
Now, I, because my relationship with food is so messed up, I'm setting this, this negative example for my kid. And now they're starting to develop food issues. I don't want them to go through what I went through for the last 30 years. I don't want to set my kid up for that kind of torture. Right. This is this is how these this fire, the more we pour gasoline on it, the more it starts to consume us and everything around us. So what do we need to do? We need to stop pouring gasoline on the fire. And part of that is stopping doing the things that continue to fuel that level of scarcity and restriction that fuels binges. Now, this goes absolutely against a lot of the conventional wisdom that you have heard before. Absolutely. And how many times can we look back in our history and see where conventional wisdom was wrong? Like, remember when doctors were saying that uh, smoking is good for you? <laughs> remember when being gay was considered a uh, mental disorder? Like, this was not that long ago. This was all less than 100 years ago. So... So let's not assume automatically that just because something is conventional wisdom means it's real wisdom, right? It just means it's what conventional wisdom really means is it's a commonly accepted thought. So what I'm asking for right now is that we set that aside and we start to take ourselves out of conventional wisdom and start to look at things from a new angle. It's one thing if that thing is working for you, right? If all this restriction has been working for you so far and it's leading you to where you want to go long term, great. But most people who come to listen to these videos and to listen to these podcasts are not having that experience. You're here because what you've been doing is not working. Right. So and not only that, but you've tried many things before. And what I found is most people blame themselves. Right. You've probably said at some point, let me know in the comments if this is true for you, that Maybe the problem is you just self-sabotage. Maybe the problem is you just don't have enough willpower. Maybe it's that you're just not motivated enough. But let me tell you something. If you've been dieting, right, or restricting yourself or following these rigid food rules for the last five years, 10 years, some of you 20 years, 30 plus years, nobody without motivation and without willpower would even be able to come close to doing what you've done. You need so much motivation and so much willpower to stick to plans like that or to even keep, not only stick to them, but to keep doing it again and again and again and showing up for yourself. Not only are you not lacking willpower and motivation, you have more than most because most people would have given up by now. But if you're still here and you haven't gone, uh, given up, you have so much willpower, so much motivation, and so much resilience. I promise you that this is not what your problem is. It's not that there's some character flaw that you have where you just don't have the willpower to do these things. No one is meant to do these things. This is not normal, natural design to follow such, such strict food rules and expect to be able to follow them for a lifetime like that. Does that resonate? And I see people doing it all the time. And even, um, you know, I've seen the level of commitment that people put into this, 
And I have too, and I've seen it in my own family. I've seen it with my clients who I love very much. You know, many of us have been putting so much of our heart and our time and our energy into this gasoline, into this restriction, right? Dieting, right? Even if let's say your diet and the binges cost you like only $15 a day in a given year, right? You're already at over $5,000 a year paying for this gasoline, right? That's only taking you further away from your goal. Um, I've seen it with people who get bariatric surgery for their binge eating. I'm not going to say anything negative about bariatric surgery in general, but when people use it to try to stop binges, right? A lot of times that backfires. As soon as the, the stomach or the organs heal, right? People, because that's such a period of intense restriction where you can't even eat foods that you can chew. You're basically drinking like protein powder through a straw. I'm oversimplifying, I know. But it's, we can agree, I think, that this is a very extreme form of restriction. So if we've been doing this level of restriction for so long, what's the natural backlash of that on the other side? Now you've just spent $15,000 more on gasoline. I heard we had a client who had been who had been going to residential treatment uh, for her eating disorder, where what they literally taught her was how to restrict and how to better uh, build the discipline to stick to her restrictions. Right? I don't know if you guys know, but the last time I checked, residential uh, treatment for eating disorders costs thirty thousand dollars a month. So if it's usually recommended for three months, which it is, right, that's $90,000 on gasoline for the fire, right? So this is set up in our society, right? We're taught this from so many angles that the more we restrict, the closer we're going to get to stopping the binges. But what we've seen over and over and over that the exact opposite is true. And when we look at quote unquote normal eaters, they're not restricting themselves, are they? Right? So if we want to start training ourselves to think and be like someone who has no food issues, we need to start behaving and living in that same alignment where we don't experience these issues. And I'm going to go deeper into that in a minute. So the main takeaway from this first piece of why trying not to binge is making you binge more is because the more you restrict, the more you fuel the binges. It is not because you're not working hard. You are working hard and you are harder working than most people. You've just been guided through conventional wisdom, lots of different types of treatments around you, eating disorders are not very well understood. So you've been guided to solutions that are continuing to fuel your problem. They are the gasoline for your fire. So that's the first reason why trying not to binge makes you binge more. Now let's go into the second reason. And by the way, write down any comments you have, questions you have. I can't, I don't always answer in the moment because I like to stay within a designated time, but I always go back and look. So please feel free, write your comments, write your questions, write your takeaways, because even the more you reinforce your takeaways, the more this starts to sink into the mind, sink into the brain. Okay. So the second reason why trying not to binge makes you binge more I like to think of it as a uh, very simple universal law that 
where your attention goes, your energy flows. Another way to say this is what you resist persists. Okay, I'm going to say those two again. Where your attention goes, your energy flows. What you resist persists. So if I say, hey, don't think of a white flower. What'd you just think about? Right? So even those, because I see people sometimes, especially in my one of my free Facebook groups, that people are counting the number of days they're not binging. They'll say something like, oh, today is day three of no binges. Today is day four of no binges. Today is day 21 of no binges. Now, I want to point something out that what I always talk about in this podcast is not just the end of binge eating, but the creation of a life of food freedom where you have true peace and ease around food, where you can enjoy food, right? It's part of your life, but it's not consuming your life. And it's not something you really think about very much when you're not eating, right? So if you're focus, even if you're not binging, is on counting the days of, I haven't binged and I'm going to try really hard today not to, not to binge and I don't want to break this cycle and I need to keep not binging. And I, what's your consciousness still centered around? Right? You're still completely focused on binging, even if you're not binging. So this is not true freedom for your mind, right? Because even if the body is not binging, right, the mind is still constantly worried about it and thinking about it and obsessing about. So how now is the mind free if you're still putting forth all this effort to try to resist urges, right? What we want to get to is the point where this is not even a thought process anymore for you. It's a complete non-issue for you. This makes sense? So because otherwise, what are we stuck with? We're stuck constantly thinking about it. And instead of, let's say, say you're with your children, right? Instead of focusing on them, you're thinking of, oh my God, I hope that tonight when they go to sleep, I don't binge again. Or I, I want this to be over so I can go be alone and binge, right? I hear these things all the time, right? Where we're not fully present in our lives, even if we're not physically binging at that time, we're not fully present with ourselves and we are actively missing out on our precious life because our mind is still consumed with these thoughts. Does this make sense? So where your attention goes, your energy flows. So if you're actively trying not to binge, you are constantly reinforcing your consciousness towards binging. Does this make sense? You're constantly, you're refueling these thoughts again and again and again. And a lot of us, we think, well, it's, I just need to do it. I just need to work harder, right? I need to just, whether it's doing the dieting or doing the restricting or following the food rules or trying not to binge, a lot of us, when we're not succeeding, right, especially if we're used to like succeeding in life in other areas, we say to ourselves, you know, I just need to do this. I just need to try harder. And that's what a lot of times we do. Like we have that binge and then we're laying in bed at night and thinking, all right, starting tomorrow, I just need to really try. I just need to draw a line in the sand and just really try to not binge tomorrow. And I need to tell myself that I cannot no matter what. And we try mentally 
to wrap our head around the idea of you're not allowed to binge. You can't binge. You can't binge. And I just need to try what I'm doing, but do it harder. And I remember coming across um, a quote in a book uh, by Martha Beck, who wrote, uh, what was the book called? It was like Integrity. It was called The Way of Integrity. And there was a quote that I loved that she said, if whatever you're doing isn't working, don't do it harder. <laughs> and that's, yes, yes. And that was totally me in the past. And I know, and let me know in the comments if that resonates with you, that when something hasn't worked for you, you've just tried to do that thing, but with more effort and harder and muscling through it. That's what so many of us have done just with diets alone, let alone everything else. So the problem just to reiterate again, because so many of you are blaming yourselves and it breaks my heart to see that. The problem is not you. The problem is not how hard you're working. It's that you're working on the things that aren't right for you, right? You can get the world's greatest, let's say, swimming coach, right? the best swimming coach on earth and your form is perfect, right? And your, your breathing is perfect and, and you're super fast. If you're in a race and you start swimming with perfect form as fast as you can in the wrong direction, you will never reach the finish line, even if you are the best swimmer. And this is what I see a lot of what's happening is you are so smart and you have so much willpower and so much resolve and you are an incredibly hard worker, but you're putting all of this energy and all of this effort into not only not fixing the problem, not only into the, the wrong solution that doesn't match the problem you have, but it's taking you actually in the opposite direction. So you're pouring this, this time and this heart and this energy and this money on gasoline. Like all of this is going into gasoline that's only fueling the fire that is consuming you. So what we need to do in order to stop binge eating in a way that's peaceful and effortless and sustainable is to zoom out for a minute and ask ourselves, how can I work smarter and not harder? Okay, because what I know is that if you're putting yourself in the position again and again where you have to work hard like this your whole life, you are going to be exhausted for your whole life. And what a tragedy that would be to spend our lives exhausted. The way that we can work smarter and not harder, and by the way, I'm giving a podcast on this next Wednesday. Um, I'm going to go much deeper into this topic. So I'll give you a kind of a summary now, but we will go deeper next week. The way you end binge eating permanently is by rewiring the brain. Okay. So the first piece of that is to stop fueling the things that cause binges, to stop fueling binges. So that means letting go of the restrictions, letting go of the dieting, letting go of telling myself, I can't eat this, I mustn't do this, 
right? The more you're restricting yourself, look what it's doing. So the first thing we need to do is stop doing that. But if we were to only stop doing that, what will happen to a lot of us, right? Especially if we've been on diets and restricting for so many years is the mind doesn't know what to do with that. It's just like, oh my God, it's a free for all. Now I'm eating whatever I want and I'm gaining weight and I feel super out of control. That doesn't feel good either. So what we need is the balance of, first of all, not fueling the problem anymore, not putting more of our time and energy into putting gasoline on the fire, right? But we also need to start rewiring the brain toward peaceful eating, toward an effortless relationship with food. So how do we do this? The first thing is to stop um, trying to solve this and tr stop trying to rewire the brain by thinking your way through it or trying to figure out intellectually or mentally your way into your freedom. You cannot think your way into freedom in this way. So instead, what you do is you shift from the mind and from all of this activity in the mind to the body, because the body is the part of you that's actually eating. The part of your body is the part of you that is going to be most affected, right? By your eating, right? That's where you can feel your hunger signals. That's where you can feel your, your fullness signals and where you feel satisfied, where you can feel if something is physically comfortable for your body or if it's uncomfortable, right? As opposed to the mind, which says you shouldn't have that because that doesn't go along with rules X, Y, and Z. Or this is the right quantity because I said so or because this person said so, right? Meanwhile, the body is the one actually having the experience of doing the eating. So don't you think we should give the body a little bit of a voice here? Is that such a radical idea that we can start healing our relationship with food by connecting more deeply with our bodies rather than continuing to fuel these dramas and these stories of the mind around food? Isn't the body more involved in eating <laughs> than the mind, right? But for a lot of us, it's the mind that's the most involved right now which is why we're stuck in all these thoughts and why we feel our head's going to explode a lot of the time. So how do we retrain the body when, around food? We bring it into a calm state and we learn to eat with the body being your guide. So you don't place restrictions, but you do tune in and you pay attention when you eat to ensure that what you're doing is actually feeling good. doesn't deprive you but you still make sure it's feeling good for you. And what happens then? The body starts to feel a whole lot better. You start to feel a whole lot better. And that's a win-win for everyone. Because when you do this and you stop fueling and you uh, fueling binges and pouring gasoline on the fire, the urges don't come up as much because you're not fueling them anymore. You stop working super hard right? Because now you don't need your mind to try to stop you from doing these self-destructive things to yourself. And what you're doing actually feels physically good for you, mentally good for you, and you're not even depriving yourself. And this is all uh, absolutely trainable. Even if you've been 
in the diet world or in the restriction world for any number of years, most of our clients have been struggling for at least 15 years. Most of them, I would say probably between like 20 and 40 years around food. That's a long time. So if we're seeing across the board every single time that these skills are trainable, then they're going to be trainable for you. And why? Because they're natural, right? When you were a baby, you weren't born like this. You weren't born with all these food rules and restrictions. When you were a baby, you were naturally listening to your body. What happened is it was trained out of you because it was your parents or your peers or whatever diet program you went on first that trained it out of you. But it's natural to you and you can reconnect with it. It's just about shifting from the mind to the body. So this is actually the skill sets among the skill sets that I'll be teaching in the group program that I'm starting up in May called Rewired Eating. I sent out one message about this the other week asking um, for those who are interested in learning more to let me know so I can give you the details first. But what I can tell you now that this program is completely designed around training you in every skill that you need to heal your relationship with food and binge eating permanently and develop a true peaceful and effortless relationship with food for the rest of your life. That is the whole purpose. There's no other purpose in this program. And this is designed for people. And you can see if this is you, if you want to free yourself from not only the binge cycle, but also the diet cycle. Okay. And I'll spoiler alert, the binge and diet cycle are the same cycle, right? One fuels the other, fuels the other, fuels the other. So if you want liberation from that cycle, period, this is for you. Um, also, it's for you if you're ready to invest in a lifelong solution rather than spending money on more gasoline, right? This is also for you. And it's also for you if you are a hard worker, but you want to learn to work smarter and not harder, okay? So this is not for everybody. So it's not for you if you want to stay dieting and restricting. This process will not work for you as long as you are dieting and restricting at the same time. It will undo all of the, all of the progress you'll make. So it's definitely not for you if you're still in that place where you want to keep dieting and restricting. Um, it's also not for you if you're still thinking short term. So if you're trying to lose weight short term for a wedding or a vacation, or you're trying to learn a to lose a certain number of pounds in a certain amount of time, this is also absolutely not for you. This will be another thing that derails your progress very quickly. And number three, you'll know it's not for you if you're not actually ready to do any work. Okay. What I can say about this type of work is it is easier than what you've tried. It's much easier than dieting. It only gets easier as you go, but it still requires your conscious attention and effort um, in order for you to get to the place where it's effortless. So it becomes effortless, but in the beginning, you do need to bring in your effort, your attention, and your energy. So it is not for lazy people. Um, so this is, this is what it's about. So if that sounds like you, 
and you feel like this is the right move for you and you would like to learn more when I'm releasing more information about the program starting in May, feel free to send me a private message, send me an email, let me know that you're interested and I'll make sure to put you on that priority list to reach out to you first. So one thing that I'll say before we go, guys, that I wanted to really emphasize more than anything else in this episode is that the reason why trying not to binge makes you binge more is nothing that's actually your fault. You are a hard worker. You are diligent. And that's why you've learned these methods before, because this is what's out there in the world. And because you're a good student and because you're coachable, right, you've shown up with your full heart, with your full energy and with all of this willpower and discipline to implement. The problem is not anything that has to do with you. The problem actually is the solution that you've been <laughs> that you've been buying into. Right. And it's not that I'm I'm not saying the world is bad and that the world is out to get you. I think a lot of this is just largely misunderstood. And the better we can understand at deeper levels what is causing the binges, that it's not a character flaw, that it's not willpower, that it's not your intelligence or that something is wrong with you, the more we can then shift our minds to start looking at, okay, what are the real solutions? Assuming I am smart, assuming I do have willpower, assuming I am hardworking and motivated, right? Maybe there, maybe the problem is not me. Maybe the problem is the so-called solutions that I've been trying and that these solutions are actually gasoline to this fire that I have been desperately trying to put out. So I invite you to take a moment to release yourself from this blame that, oh, something's wrong with me or what's not working or why does it, why am I doing this to myself? It's not you. But now you know. Now you know that this is the exact thing that can keep fueling binges. So now moving forward, it's your choice. Are you going to keep going down that path because that's what you know and that's what you've done? Or are you ready to venture outside of your comfort zone? Because let's face it, a lot of that is comfortable. You've done it so many times. And sometimes we can even be addicted to cycles like that. We can be addicted to that feeling of, oh, now I'm dying again for the first time. Or we can be addicted to those, to those, the drama of the whole thing. But now you have the choice. You can continue going down that path or you can start out to forge your own path, a new path where you know that there is the, the possibility for you to end this issue completely. It's not about managing it anymore. It's not about trying to control it. It's about ending it. And when you rewire your brain and you start training yourself like a peaceful, effortless, easy eater, right? That's where the magic starts to really happen. That's where you start to really become that. And I've seen it possible for everybody. Um, no matter how long you've struggled, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, does not matter. Everyone's brain is capable of changing over the course of a lifetime. It can be done. Science is proving it. The data supports it. This can be done and it can be done for you. We just need to get outside of that old paradigm and start thinking outside the box and looking for solutions that are water on the fire instead of gasoline. So next week, next Wednesday, 
I'll be going much deeper into this notion of rewiring the brain. So I invite you to join for that. And I also invite you to reach out to me if the group program, the group coaching program, sounds like it's up your alley and you're ready to really show up fully, be committed, invest this time in yourself and this energy in yourself to end this once and for all. All right, guys. So thank you for showing up today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your beautiful comments. I am going to look back and read them later. If you're watching the replay, let me know you're watching the replay. And I'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Well done showing up for yourself and tuning into another episode. The best way to help yourself change is repetition. So take a moment now to write down your biggest takeaway from this episode in the comments. Also, please subscribe and follow for more. And if you haven't yet, join my email list. That's where I share my highly detailed writings on how to make your food freedom journey even faster and simpler. Go to katiepapo.com to join my email list now. And finally, if you're considering working with us privately, details for our 12-week intensive program can be found at katiepapo.com. Feel free to reach out to us directly with your questions. Keep showing up for yourself, be kind to yourself and others, and I hope to see you for the next episode.